Palestine, Michael Pickering here, and oh yeah, it's Monday, people. Oh, let's get it on, get it on, and go with that lo-fi global today. Yes, indeed. And at the end of last week, the United Nations voted, the world voted, and said by 74.09%. Hey, Russia, give that land back, bitches. Although, their words, not mine, and, and well, actually, while that may not be a United Nations quote, I'm sure somewhere in the world someone said, give that land back, bitches. I'm sure of it. I'm sure, right? But check it. 193 member countries in the United Nations, right? Right? 193. 143. 143. 74.09% said Russia, we voted for you to immediately return lands. And we do not recognize the annexation of the four regions that you took. Nope, nope, and nope. And five of the 193 countries voted against it. So that's that's 148 countries, right? 143 plus five. 148 countries out of 193 voted on this issue. So where the hell is the other 45 countries at? And who are they? Well, you know we love us a good list. 35 countries officially abstained from voting. All right, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means they were there. They were present. They just refused to vote one way or the other. So their vote, they casted an abstention. And the 35 countries in alphabetical order in English, because, you know, you know, if you change the language that your countries are in, that alphabetical order changes, right? It's not the same in every single language. Just in case you didn't know, there you go. But let's go. Countries that abstained. Algeria, Armenia, Bolivia, Burundi, Central African Republic, China, Congo, Cuba, Eritrea, Iswatini, Ethiopia, Guinea, Honduras, India, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Laos, Lesotho, Mali, Mongolia, Mozambique, Namibia, Pakistan, South Africa, South Sudan, Sri Lanka, Sudan, Tajikistan, Thailand, Togo, Uganda, Tanzania, Uzbekistan, Vietnam, and Zimbabwe. Those 35 refused to vote, but were present, so they voted with abstentions. And then 10 more countries weren't even there for the vote, or at least not for the roll call, because on the official UN roll call, there's nothing next to the, these names coming up. So these aren't abstentions. These are just people who didn't vote. Azerbaijan, Burkina Faso, Cameroon, Djibouti, El Salvador, Equatorial Guinea, Iran, Sao Tome and Principe, Turkmenistan, and Venezuela. And finally, if you're wondering the five countries that voted against the measure, they are Russia, Belarus, Syria, Nicaragua, and North Korea. Now, I'm not going to list the 143 countries, a.k.a. the 74.09% of the world that voted against Russia's annexation, because the short version of that is, if they're not on the list, if I didn't just name them, that means they voted against Russia. But what happens now is what you're thinking, right? Right? 
That's right. The question broke the podcast. Nothing happens. Not a damn thing. It was voted by the United Nations General Assembly, which holds absolutely no power over anything in the entire world. Nothing happens. And as a byproduct of the majority of the countries in the world not being okay with this taking place, nothing happens. Lo-fi listeners, it falls to you to fix this. Lest we continue to live in a world just like this. Now, out in Nigeria, we are getting early reports that a regional government, aka the state government of Zamfara, has ordered five media organizations to shut down for business because they covered political protest that supported the opposition to the ruling parties in the state government. I am extremely interested to see what happens with this. You know, is the federal government going to come into it and stop this? Are the courts going to get involved and overturn the Zamfara government's decisions here to shut down five media organizations? You know, we always talk about media and politics, who controls which, and, you know, who has more power. Do media affect politics or do politics control media, you know? But here in the state of Zamfara in Nigeria, at least for the moment, it's politics controlling media, without a doubt. But we'll let you know more as soon as we do, people. And remember, Nigeria is Africa's largest economy on the continent. This story matters a lot. And now also a heads up, eyes open on Tunisia, my friends. Protest are starting against the president and against all the authoritarian things we've been talking about that he's been doing this past year. And thousands are taken to the streets. Eyes open. Tunisia is the birthplace of the Arab Spring. Now let's head on over to Geneva, Switzerland. Let's, let's tune things down a little bit, you know? Where this weekend out in Switzerland, something pretty incredible has been taking place. The first Global Robotics Challenge, the sixth edition, which I think the name is kind of misleading. If it's the first Global Challenge, why can you have the sixth edition of the first Global Challenge? <sighs> Wiki it. You'll see what I'm talking about. But countries from around the world put teams together, and then they come into this this challenge, and they build robots, and they compete to see who's got the best robot of the competition. And I dig this. I dig this a lot. You know, STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, robots, give me more, please. Just no artificial intelligence in your robots. That's, that's, that's my rule, all right? But this competition ends today, Sunday for me, October 16th. But... It'll be yesterday for you listening. So at least you won't have to wait to see who won. You can look it up right now. But me, I have to wait until tomorrow to see who wins. Who has the best robot? What do you think? Who do you think? What country has the best robot-making people? Curious your thoughts. And a last piece of news to send you on your way for the day. Oh, what's my age again? What's my age again? Mm -mm. You're like, what is he talking about? What is he talking about? I'm talking about the punk band Blank 182 getting back together for a reunion tour. Yes, we all thought punk was dead. You know, just a couple months ago, Gregory Day and myself, we did a, a favorite punk song edition of the trade-off. And we were talking about, is punk dead? Is punk not dead? And we were like, oh, it may be dead, but no, no. Rise from the Ashes, Blank 182. And their tour starts March 2023 to February 2024, hitting North America, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, and Latin America. And really, this got me thinking when I heard it. You know, and back in the day, one of our favorite songs by Blank 182 was What's My Age Again? And I came across some pics of me this weekend that 
were of me at about the age that I first started listening to Blank 182. And that's when I decided to do a little special Instagram series called What's My Age Again? And for those of you already following us, you've already seen these throwback pics. And for those who haven't, check us out. Lo-Fi Poli-Sci Podcast Instagram, and you'll see what we're talking about with What's My Age Again? And that's a brief snapshot of what's going on in the world today. Check out lofipolyside.com for Friday's blog post. Give it a quick read. And it's not a cliche or a catchphrase. It's a lifestyle. Always remember that Lofi Polyside is more than just me. It's the we that we be. Pickering, signing off. behind the scenes for all you who stuck around. So the episode art for today. I'll explain it for you since you stayed for a bit. And yes, that little blonde-headed baby is me. I know, I know. My, my hair started changing colors when I was about seven years old or so. But this, this picture right here in particular is really important to me, and it's one of the pictures that I found this weekend. But important, you know, as my development as a person and a professor and a podcaster, like all those things directly. Because you see in the baby picture of me, I'm sucking my fingers, right? And you know, lots of kids and babies do that. No big deal, no big deal. But for me, I did that until I was almost in third grade or almost eight years old. You know, so much so that I formed a speech impediment. And starting at a very young age in elementary school, I would go to speech therapy multiple times a week. You know, they'd, they'd come and get me out of the classroom and I'd sit with speech therapist or teacher and several other kids who also had speech impediments. And the therapist would take turns with us and helping us to try and speak correctly. Her name was Miss Joelle, and she's one of the few teacher's names I remember from back in the day. And to this day, I still do struggle with my speech a lot. You know, I over-pronounce a lot of words to avoid slurring. And this is a technique I was taught by my speech therapist as a kid that I still use today. You know, the TH gives me a lot of issues. The SH or the double S's, I, I struggle with those a lot. And I say water, not water. Because the, the A-D sound is really hard for me to do, and I, I can't do it the same every time. And I get quite a few looks and statements from people who, who hear me say water, and then, you know, they come at me with, like, some British accent. And they're like, oh, water, would you like some tea and crumpets with that water? And, you know, I just, I'm like, whatever, whatever. I play it off because I don't feel like explaining every single time that I pronounce it that way because it's easier because I have a speech impediment. But, you know, it's like... It's kind of ironic, or, or maybe not ironic. Ironic's the word, wrong word, but I don't know. But a kid who sucked their fingers and developed a speech impediment and still has one today ended up talking directly in front of people for a living as a professor and talking directly to people as a podcaster. I know, right? So yeah, today's episode art means a lot to me, and now you know why. And... Now you know a little bit more about me and who I am. Talk to you tomorrow, lo-fi listeners.